0: Hey everyone, thanks for watching. Uh, I got a really exciting guest for you today. Julie Holly is with me and as you can see out the back window, she's in a special part of the country. How are you doing this morning, Julie?
1: Hey, I am doing great. I am in a very special part of the country. <laughs> people <laughs> call us Canadians, basically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty, pretty north. So uh, since we went there, where are you? So uh, people can look it up on, on a map if they'd like.
1: Sure, if they'd like to look it up. We are um, 30 miles from the Canadian border, border in a small town called Bonners Ferry, Idaho. And there's actually a very cool song written by Runaway Symphony, um, this cool band about Bonners Ferry, Idaho. So very cool.
0: Fun fact. I had no idea.
1: Yeah. Fun (laughs) facts.
0: (laughs) I'd have to look that up. So uh, this, this interview is going to be a lot of fun because uh, I think, I think Julie has uh, not only a great history, which we'll unpack in our sort of second segment, but she has a goal of 19 and 19, uh, which I just, I just love sort of the simplicity of that. So I thought we'd unpack that. She has a, Lots of words of wisdoms and things we're going to talk about. So, so Julie, why don't you talk about your goal for 19 and 19, and then we'll sort of unpack where you are and and how we're going to take steps to get you there.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, so the goal of 19 and 19, I'm kind of like a um, dive into the deep end of the pool the first time, you know? Hey, if you know how to swim, that's optional. (laughs) Um, So... I was thinking, okay, well, we have all this history and all this experience already with rentals, and you know, let's move forward. You know, maybe five or ten this year, and you know, then I started thinking, you know, why would we just stop there? Actually, I've been listening to you know, o- overdosing on Bigger Pockets and uh, Michael Blanc, which is where I met you, and then I've been on Zuber and like just sucking and absorbing all these great interviews, and I'm like. 19 and 19 that has a ring to it you know let's just go big yeah (laughs) and for a lot of for a lot of people that's not even going big but you know for me that's going to be going big
0: oh no I I got to tell you 99.99% of the people watching this if they had 19 rentals their life would change forever um, so I look yeah. forward to seeing how, how you get there. So uh, why don't we just ground everybody? Where, where are you starting at today? Do you have any today or or you have a head start or, or what's that look like?
1: <laughs> well, Zuber, you know, that's kind of a little touchy subject to me. <laughs> but Right now we're starting back at zero. So we're at ground zero right now, but we do have um, assets as in we have some capital that we can invest and start with. So we have our seed money in place um, and we've been holding on to that, you know, I mean, when you're investing with your husband or you know a business partner or a partner you really have to be on the same mindset and because of our real estate background we were you know we've been watching the economy and hemming and hawing over our strategy so we to answer your question in a long way we're at zero
0: great so no so there's no there's no head start you're not on first base to use a sports analogy which i don't normally do so you you're starting where everybody is at zero so that's awesome um why don't we talk about you know, you've done a lot of research uh, a lot. Um, on a market, uh, and I believe you've picked one. So, why don't you talk about the research first, and then we'll dive into to the market that you've selected and, and sort of go there next. So, so talk about the research and yeah. in everything just being out there.
1: Sure. Okay. So, I mean, when you live in a small town such as I do. Um, well, let me give a little history. I did not grow up in a small town. So I grew up in the suburbs of California. And our children, my husband and I, flew the coop after we got married and moved to Denver, Colorado as a life choice. And um, and so we've lived in these more suburban and urban settings. And now we're in this remote town. And so the the opportunities to invest are very different. And um, as we looked at opportunities, and we have friends that are very successful investors here in our small town, but we're looking at some different opportunities. I'm particularly interested in multifamily. And so how do you do that? Um, And so listening and just digesting all sorts of the information through um, podcasts, um, which I just listened to religiously now. (laughs) Um, But I was able to compile a lot of information. So I began with taking all the information online, the lists, the great lists that everybody makes, you know, your top 15 places to invest in 2018. So, you know, I took those lists and then I crossed them over and said, okay, what places are intersecting? I only have so much time to to dedicate to this, and I looked at the towns that were um, consistent upon the lists, and then through some research on bigger BiggerPockets um, website, somebody, I, I mean, I don't even know, and I wish I knew her name just to give her some credit, she, <laughs> but she put in, that's how I found this website called um, bestplaces.net, and everyone needs to go to bestplaces.net, I could be their focal like sales girl for this. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the great thing about it, I have not verified all their information, but if you want a snapshot of a city, it gives you all the information at first blush. So you get to see the population, you get to see the unemployment rate, you get to see the average income, you get to see everything that you just want to see, like, am I even interested in this place? I mean, I can look at it and say, Oh my gosh, your unemployment rate is like 7%. Ah, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> um, so you get to look at that or you can say, Oh, your, you know, average sales price is 300,000. Uh, probably maybe that's not where I can afford to invest at this time. So that was my first glance, And then at bestplaces.net, <laughs> like well, all these plugs, really, they got to give me a kickback. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, As you're there there's actually another tab there are tons of tabs but there's one specifically for housing that is really great for investors and under the housing tab it will show you the vacancy rate. it will show you the percentage of renters and this woman she gave her her starting blocks which were very helpful so she said hey if the um, unemployment is greater than 5% I don't look at it So I adopted her philosophy. I just said, if that's good enough for this successful woman, I'm going to adopt her her philosophy. And then she was talking about the vacancy factors. And um, I think her percentage was she wanted to see at least 40% people as renters um, within a community. And the best places will show you that information. And then she is also talking about the vacancy factor, making sure that it was um, 10%. It may have been like 15% or below. Um, and so just giving I mean for people in my situation you know those numbers were really great to help pare down and because I'm looking I'm looking at the entire United States (laughs) I mean um, I think uh, Monique Hallm who I've listened to um, and she has uh, the real estate investor goddesses and she was talking about live where you want to live, invest where it makes sense. And you too, Zuber, you talk about numbers. It's all about the numbers. And so I've really embraced the whole numbers. And through this process, I have fallen in love with the Midwest, like lots of other people. Um, And I almost drank the um, Ohio Kool-Aid. Almost, (laughs) But, (laughs) but through a little bit of research, um, I actually ended up, I'm looking specifically in the Omaha, Nebraska area.
0: Very cool. And just so everybody knows, have you ever been to Omaha, Nebraska?
1: Never, never, not once ever. Now, through Christmas cards that we received, we found um, some good friends of ours from Denver. Denver is a hub. It's a melting pot. And so we have friends that have scattered across the country and we're looking at return addresses and we're like, (laughs) oh my gosh, that's right. Our friends moved to, so I have actually messaged them and they have actually said, oh, if you want us to drive by properties, just let us know. That's very good.
0: So, So, you know, go ahead.
1: Oh, and you just never know in life. If you just keep pushing and nudging the ball forward every single day, you're going to get places.
0: Yeah, and again, you have got to keep socializing and networking, and you just never know where, you know. In this case, you'll find boots on the ground. So that's that's awesome. So uh, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't throw out there a plug for Omaha, Nebraska. What what were kind of the numbers that excited you about Omaha?
1: Um, I really liked the unemployment numbers, and I don't have them off the top of my head, but that's okay. all of their. their their average age was, I like the average age, which I think it was in the mid thirties. And so I'm thinking about, you know, just the intersection between generations. And so, you know, mid thirties for the type of people that I want to rent to, that seems that it's going to, um, that my pool is going to be, I'm going to have lots of fish in my pool. (laughs) Um, And so I was looking at at that specifically, but the appreciation is, happening in that area and it's stable their economy is stable. And I forgot to mention, that's another factor that I have factored in. So um, if the economy is a single based economy, and that's somewhat what my little community in North Idaho is, it's primarily logging and a lot of people who work remotely or commute down to Coeur d'Alene. Um, and so it's not a thriving economy in and of itself. So let's just say like when I lived in California, and they passed log laws against logging, and it just killed the entire Northern California economy so I mean I'm also looking at what is their economy and um, at one point my husband and I actually looked at a map of the U.S. and um, we were looking at international airports Uh seriously how can you go wrong I mean, if you have an international airport, you're on the map. And so, you know, you look at Omaha and it has um, a multifaceted economy. It has international airport. So I feel that like there's a little cushion there because the, the economy is shifting. Our markets are shifting and that's normal. I'm not afraid of that, but I want to plan strategically for that.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, what you're doing and what you're giving here on this, this interview is, is awesome because it's going to help so many people. You you know, it's not about Omaha. It's about the research you've done. It's about bestplaces.net. It's about, you know, going where you're comfortable. And, and frankly, also knowing where you not, where you don't want to play, right. You mentioned that (laughs) you almost drank the Kool-Aid on another market and you're like, well, Hey, I did my research and you know, maybe, maybe it's not as hot as I thought it was. So uh, sometimes figuring out what not to do is as important as what, you know, what you want to do. So um.
1: that's true. And if I may, I would add also, I've stayed away from Chicago. And I mean, Chicago has some really great um, pockets to it. But there are certain places I've stayed away to because of the restrictions. And um, there's just more oversight from the government on the governmental level. And so um, and we've heard that on the on the two coasts, you know, at this time, you know, kind of cushion yourself stay away (laughs) from the coast. A little bit, and so I'm also looking at you know, hey, where are they going? What's the philosophy in the state? Yep. Um, am I going to be protected as a landlord? So there are other markets I have. When you said <laughs> in their places, you said yes, I have intentionally stayed away from some places.
0: <laughs> well, that's, you know, as as one of those poor souls who invest in California, one of those coastal cities, uh, I can tell you, right, evictions <laughs> that are over 60 days are painful.
1: Oh but, my goodness, yeah, I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's, uh, it's never fun. So, anyways. Um, You know, so now, okay, so you've got your market, that's going to be your nineteen for nineteen. You want to sort of paint the vision on what you think the kind of next steps are, and and and, um, you know, where are you going to take this? Now you've got the target. You know, how how, uh, how what are you going to do next?
1: Well, um, I have an agent that I'm working with now um, in the Omaha area, and that was a landmine. I found him through LoopNet. I inquired about a property, and um, he already speaks investor, which is really refreshing. I mean, like the fact that I called and had someone, and I think I met him maybe it wasn't on loop it could have been through, you know, like realtor.com. Cause I, I thought he was a residential realtor and uh, I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm going to get from this because really yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, but he is a wealth of wisdom. He knows his market really, really well. And he understands the um, hesitation that I have in investing in a bubble market. And yeah. so he understands those concepts because of the experience he had in Arizona with the last recession, um, and so that's been really helpful. Um, so now I am specifically looking for multifamily properties. That's my dream. Um, <laughs> I think that it was best put uh, from someone else. I cannot take credit for anything. I'm kind <laughs> of like this girl that just like sucks up information and just shares it back out. But, um, but I heard someone put it like this: like, why would I invest in single family homes when I could have say a fourplex or 12 plex and now I only have one roof and one waistline to deal with and one. you know you just kind of yeah. slim things down and I'm that's where I'm looking but I'm not going to put blinders on so right. I've really had to run a philosophical gamut on am I going to be stubborn and dig my heels into I'm only going to get a you know multi-family place or you know really like like you say and many others go where the numbers make sense yeah invest in what makes sense so is it a trailer park i don't know maybe no
0: no exactly i'm
1: not i'm not (laughs) gonna rule anything out so i really concluded that the goal is 19 doors and 19 and what the 19 looks like i'm not certain and i'm okay with not being certain with that because i know that i'm looking and i'm being aggressive in my search so i will find them
0: (laughs) yeah i like that i like all of that um I don't know this answer. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can guess it, but let's find out. Uh, when is your first trip to Omaha, Nebraska scheduled?
1: <laughs> um, it will probably have to take place in the spring with okay. the rest of my schedules. Um, I don't know that I feel I have to see the place in person.
0: Oh, I haven't sure.
1: decided. I am, no, I'm- we're going to
0: fix that right now.
1: You, <laughs> okay. an
0: you and, you know, you at least, or you and your husband, at least one of you need to get your butt on a plane and go to Omaha, Nebraska, it's not only to meet the people, but you got to get a sense for the city. Uh, I get, I get really scared when I hear people talking about committing serious capital, almost virtual landlording. Um, uh-huh. You know, it, after you do this for a year and you get 19 and 19 and you want to tell me you don't want to go back and, you know, 20 and, and all of that, I, I can buy that. But if you're willing to, to put, you know, tens of thousands of dollars at risk, without ever being in the city a couple of days, um, that's, that's too risky for me, frankly. Okay.
1: Well, so, that's good. Hey, you know what? We just took a spontaneous trip to Seattle. So you know, we were yeah. full of spontaneity. So, I mean, maybe I'll just send you a message and say, Oh, by the way, next weekend, Oh, we're already back. <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. And again, I, I, you know, I'm a little lucky that I can get to my place and back, but, um, you know, Fresno is two and a half hours away one way from me. Uh, yeah. I, you know, that's five hours before I've seen anything, right? So two and a half hours takes right. two, right? So we just did it yesterday, right? To go to go look at stuff. Now, obviously, a plane ride is more capital or, or expense related and all of that, but you need to go. You know, you you need to go. You know, you, I call it kicking rocks, right? Because you can look at something online and look on the Zillow maps and you know do the street views and all of that. You just never know, right? You never know where that one pocket of of risk is. And what really what really gets this is. Um, if you just keep doing it virtually without at least getting some skin in the game, it, it's almost arrogant, frankly, right? Cause Omaha is going to have lots of local investors and to think someone, sure. you know, in your case in Idaho is going to look at an opportunity and do everything virtually in an opportunity that is not picked up by locals. I don't know. Right. That's right. That's kind of risky to me. So I, you know, a couple of trips to Omaha would probably do you good in 19, I think.
1: Well, I'm excited. Hey, guess where I'm going? I'm going to Omaha. <laughs> <Yay. So> I, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that wisdom. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you'll, you'll enjoy it. I've actually been to Omaha a couple of times for work back, you know, the last decade or so. I've been there probably five or six times. It's a great place. The people are wonderful, um, very friendly. And, and just like every city though, they have their, you know, areas of towns you don't want to be in and, and you need to go right. see and feel that. And you know, so, uh, I think you have a lot of fun. So I think, I think we, we'd be remiss if we didn't unpack your history, right? We said very, very <laughs> early on, you're coming into this with a different starting point, meaning you still have zero, but you have some capital. So why yes. don't we go back to the very beginning and give your legacy some props because you come from a, 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 a long lineage of people in the real estate business. So let's, let's give them a shout out and some plugs and, and, and we'll kind of unpack your history.
1: Sure. Yes. Okay. So my grandpa, um, he was an entrepreneur. He actually started working at Pepsi Cola and moved to Fresno, California wow. and shifted. I know it's so crazy. Shifted gears. He, oh, he, by the way, he moved from San Diego. My mom's <laughs> senior, senior year of high school, walk to the beach type thing, and then moved her to Fresno. You and I yeah, understand
0: That's that. That's a little different. <laughs>
1: Just don't do that to girls. They're senior year of high school. <laughs> um, ultimately, he ended up. Oh, so I will get into the entrepreneur a little bit. So he took that risk, moved up there. He started opening. You know, through as his life unfolded, he started, uh, opened a Wendy's. And that was all new, the whole fast food scene. Um, And then he transitioned into real estate. And I'm not sure how he transitioned to it. But um, he was a centurion, which is a really big deal if you are working for Century 21. And he closed out over 80 deals. (laughs) in the like 70s when you did not have fax machines or paper like you had to go and like hand deliver everything it was just snail so um yeah grandpa was a really well-respected realtor in the fresno area um and he was actually featured at age 91 in realtor magazine which is really sweet um to have a little, you know, like homage there. But um, he was a pistol if he was on a phone. And I remember sitting there listening to him if someone was going sideways on a deal. I mean, you saw a different side of Gramps. <laughs> um, then we say it's the son in law thing because he ended up getting my dad into real estate. And so my dad had a sandwich shop. And then I, I'm number four of kids. He uh, closed out the sandwich shop and like took a vacation, which everyone needs to do. Come up for air people, (laughs) you know, take a trip and get perspective back on life. He took this little trip to the, you know, camping with my family and he was like, wow, what am I doing? He was self-employed, had a sandwich shop and he was just working himself to death. so he started taking real estate classes at night, became a realtor, very well respected realtor, um, in the Modesto, California market, um, he left a legacy behind and then we say it's a son-in-law thing to do because my husband ends up getting into real estate when our first son was born um and we joke around that for our daughter that her husband's going to have to get into real estate when they get married so um I followed both my parents pedigrees basically so my mom was a teacher um she was an elementary educator She, she taught middle school also uh and then my dad's this realtor And so I see these two different worlds and I've actually been in both of those worlds. So I crushed, you know, my college program graduated early and started teaching when I was 22 in the public school setting. And then I realized, um, Well, why go get a master's degree? I was really like my ambitions were just cut because I'm thinking I put all this money in and I'm not going to get it back out as a teacher. It'll take me so many years to get an ROI on this. I mean, I was already thinking like that when I was, you know, in my early 20s. And so I thought, you know, no risk, no reward. And what do I, I mean, what do I have to lose? So I took this risk. I got a real, you know, became a realtor myself in my mid twenties and had so much fun doing it. But as I mentioned to you, um, and people might get this, I'm pretty upbeat and I expect the best of everybody. And I was a little bit crushed because there were really unethical people out there. I, I could not believe the bad things people are willing to do to get a deal or to pull a deal away from you. And it really broke my heart. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I called my school district back after a year and I filled my pockets. So that was good. I had a lot of savings off of that. Yeah. <laughs> and so save your money, people. Yeah. Um, and it called my my, uh, superintendent backup or the director of HR. And literally they're like, we'll find a spot for you. So that was great. They welcomed me back. And, um, through the, through the time. So back is so kind of going into our rentals a little bit, I bought my first home in my early twenties and that was back when there was still crazy financing. And this is before the recession. This is actually before too much crazy had happened and my dad helped me get this deal since he is a residential realtor and like the toilet was sinking in the subfloor there's like feces of like rats or mice all around the perimeter I mean it was just the creepiest place I mean, it just had to put like masks on and go in there at the shop back and close your eyes and just like go <laughs> I don't
0: know what that is but I gotta get rid of it
1: yes exactly like and just be brave girl be brave so anyway transformed this house and when we moved to when my husband and I got married and moved to Colorado we ended up renting that and we used a property management company and they managed it while we were living in Denver and we thought that's safe that's fine this feels good well then we found out we were going to have our first child and we kind of freaked out and you know wanted to reduce our risk and liabilities. And so we ended up selling this place. Literally, he was an o- October baby, our son. And if I, I won't go into the details of this deal, but oh my goodness, the fact that we just missed the total crash by like days. Um, we sold that place for $225,000. And three years later, it was on the market for $125,000. Yeah. Oh, you would get that. Yeah. So um, we ended up moving back to California and that this time we actually met with property management people in the Denver area so that we would know who to call if we wanted to hire someone. But um, I wanted to take a stab at managing our property myself. And so I managed our condo from states away and it was wildly successful. Um, We had three different tenants over the course of almost five years and um, like a two two years and then a one year um, lease. And so it really worked out well. We were, a- I was able to transition with my husband's help, um, the tenants and we always had rent on time, never complaints and good relationships. I really learned how to have those relationships with our tenants to keep them professional and yet warm enough to where I can call and just do a check in and, um, So it really worked out well to have that experience as being a long-distance landlord. And I think that that's what's serving me well in this instance right now. Maybe why I have, you can see I have a little bit of risk in me. I'm like (laughs) a little bit like, oh, you know, let's just go for it. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out Um, as we transition forward. If we have these, you know, my dream ultimately of having apartment complexes, um, obviously we'll have somebody on the ground floor. You know managing that but smaller yeah. assets you know i'm not afraid to manage them because i've been successful at them in the past and um so we did end up the reason we're at zero right now <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> it is okay it's it's one of those things where it's like if i would have known then what i understand now about say delayed financing mm-hmm. um <laughs> or the Burr method, or, you know, all of these things that I've been exposed to in the last two to three months where I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've looked at my husband and said, I can't believe we sold our condo. So we made a, we made a significant profit off of this condo, which is like super cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Profit's never a bad thing. It's it's not a bad thing, and we were, as I mentioned to you in our email, like strategic <laughs> in how we went about this whole process. Um, is we didn't want to get hit by, cap- you know, we knew we'd get hit by capital gains taxes. Um, we didn't want to get too hit. hit we didn't want to get hit too hard on the income tax part as well because right. you're going to have to, I don't know if people understand that, but you get hit with the capital gains and then you're also going to have to claim that as income and that can change, you know, your income tax bracket depending on where you're at and who wants yeah. to pay more? So more it, than you have to, yeah. Right. So we end up selling our place uh, in Denver and now we're at zero. Very um, cool.
0: So but I you, will, yeah, go ahead.
1: I do want to add though, we were really trying to time that with the market, you know, and so you're looking at where you're at, and we're like, if we're ever going to sell, it, we want to sell it towards the peak, that's everybody's yep. dream. And I, we think that we, we really believe we've probably sold it in the top 15%. Yeah. You know, I, I think,
0: that. I think. I think both times you, you were, you know, obviously you were pretty close. So, it, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad idea. So real quick from, from where I, yeah. what I took from that story. And again, I have an unfair advantage because I read it a couple of times. <laughs> right. You bought your fixer-upper in Modesto. It was disgusting. It's what you would today call value add. Oh,
1: it was value add. <laughs> yeah, you,
0: you did the work. You lived there. Uh, mm-hmm. At some point you sold that again, took that profit. Uh, then you moved to, to Denver. Same deal, right? You move into a condo. You live there. Uh, you, you moved back to California. Uh, you actually did long distance landlording, which I absolutely agree with you is going to benefit you once you get your feet wet in, in, in Omaha. And again, there's a couple of trips in there you have to take. Uh, then you could do long distance landlording, right? Because you should meet the contractors and the roof person. And
1: I do want to meet those people. Yeah. You never know about those people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: You want to check the checkers and you know all of that stuff. So right. uh, it, it's all it's all wonderful stuff. And I think again that experience is going to be is going to serve you well. That that long distance landlording. It's tough. It's hard. Yeah. Um. Because again, right? You were talking about experience with basically three different tenants over five years. Right. And now talking about having nineteen and nineteen, which in my experience means you're gonna have two or three turns a year at least. At least. So, you know, at some point maybe, you know, getting an on-site property manager or a local property manager will serve you well. I don't know where that breaking point is, but you'll figure that out. Um, right. so that's 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 wonderful. I, and, and I think you're you have a clearly a good head on your shoulders given your history. You know where you are, you've you you understand opportunities you've picked your market so now let's for the audience paint where do you want to be in in three to five years What what is after you do the 19 this year where, where do you and your husband want to be in three to five years
1: well my husband has a goal of having um ten thousand dollars passive income that oh, is like that. that's cool. his goal and um and i love that goal um and i'm t- absolutely behind that goal. Um, and his idea of passive income is different than my idea of passive income. And so he just wants to, I'm more hands-on. I have far too much energy to just sit back probably. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Just a smidge. And so, um, so what I am really inspired and, I really want to syndicate. So in the next three to five years, that is my goal. So I look at this year as my year of proving myself okay. and, um, and acquiring some multifamily. So I do need to add multifamily into my portfolio out of those 19 doors. Cause I got to get some street cred in that. Um, and then once I have this experience, then I'm hoping in 2020 to actually syndicate my first deal. So this will be my year of getting some street cred, reading a lot of books, watching a lot of webinars, watching, you know, listening to, like, basically, this girl's going to be all about learning syndication in 2019 to prepare for 2020. Um, And then over the years, I mean, I would really, one of my affirmations in the morning is that I will have um, real estate property across the United States. I think that's fun. My entire family loves to travel. And so what better way to travel than to pick up, you know, rentals, like why not go to Omaha, Nebraska? Why not? So many places. Why not go and why not go and have an investment there to check on and then to go play and explore and experience. So, Uh um, so that would be the goal. The goal this year, again, just invest, get those 19 doors, street cred, 2020 syndicate my first deal. And then from there on out, continue to syndicate. Um, I think I'd have too much energy for my husband if I didn't have my hand in a pot of syndicating or something. And I love people way too much. And I really like that component of syndicating. So I'm looking for some people to partner with on that so that, um, because I'm, I'm the people person and, you know, you have different parts when you are syndicating. And so, you know, just building a strong team over the next, you know, that would be more the two to five years out. just you know, basically a little investment group.
0: That's, that's awesome. And again, uh, I applaud you for doing it right, right? I, I talked to lots of people who jumped to syndication. They haven't done a deal yet, right? And they have no money. I'm like, so you have no skin in the game. You have plenty of excitement and you have no experience. I mean, anybody with any kind of pockets or stacks of cash is going to go, that is just way too much risk. So spending yeah. this year, putting your capital at risk, frankly. Right. And, yeah, and it is. That works is, is the absolute right way to do it. I wouldn't talk to anybody about lending them money or being a part of a syndicate <laughs> unless I could look at their track record and go, all right, you know, they, they know what they're yeah. doing. So um, yeah. I love that vision. Uh, I love what you're, what you put out there as your affirmations and where you're going forward. I think that's wonderful. So uh, I think, I think, you know, other than the get your butt on a plane and go to Omaha, I think you have, <laughs> everything. I think you have everything in front of you. Uh, I love the fact you've done long distance landlording. I think that's going to be wildly helpful for you because it's not as easy as people make it seem, but the fact you've done it, you've seen it, you've done some tenant transitions and all of that, I think you have a lot more going for you than maybe you think. So I think that, that's awesome. Um, we've reached that point in the show where I, I turn, the, turn it over to you where you could just share anything you would like, uh, you know, sites, books, ask for anything you'd like, whatever you like. I'm just going to turn it over to you.
1: Well, you already know my favorite site to start at, (laughs) bestplaces.net, in case you didn't write it down or you haven't opened it in your browser already. Um, Super great place, at least a starting point. You'll have to do more research beyond that. But um, I know that I'm more of a risk taker than a lot of people are, but what do we have to lose? We don't, I always think, well, I'm still alive. I'm still grieving. And as long as you're ambitious, you can go out and accomplish anything. So, um, don't let anything stop you or hold you back from what you're doing and don't be complacent and just, be idle. Um, like you're saying Zuber, like get some skin in the game people. And so, um, I really appreciate my husband on that because he really provides that balance. I think we would have lots of skin in the game and maybe, (laughs) maybe some scabs actually, (laughs) if he didn't say, okay, let's just do a little more research first. So, um, don't be afraid to charge forward. And I know as our market is shifting and everyone is talking about that, I do want to touch on that. There's so many, um, so many great minds speaking on that right now. And I I was listening to someone speak on that yesterday. Um, and he was just saying, you know, every market has its risk and every market has its reward. Basically he's like, there's always a good part to every cycle. And so, um, I'm really clinging to that right now, because honestly being in my position, starting out with this ambitious goal, it's, it's a little frightening to look ahead and to say, um, I'm gonna invest and we don't know where this market, well, we know where the market's headed because it's cyclical. However, I'm gonna put my money in the game. What if I put it in when it's too high or this or that? So just really like buttoning down the hatches and being confident in every single purchase. Um, So I guess my encouragement to everyone is don't be afraid to go forward. Even if the sky's falling, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing for us. In fact, you, we know that's a really good thing. Absolutely. Like, Hey, go ahead, let it fall. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. let's pick up some more deals. <laughs>
0: exactly. No, I think, I think you're right. I, again, what, what's happening in the market and I've talked about it a bunch is it's, clean stock, um, <laughs> but what's going to happen is buyers like us, us two talking, some of us are going to disappear. They're going to be, they're going to go be afraid. They're going to, they're going to think 2008 is going to happen again and people it's not going to happen again. That That was such a financing nightmare we don't have that today. Everybody has fixed rate debt. The job market is great. That said, the market, it will get soft and then listings will pile up and price cuts and all that stuff. Um, In a changing market is when you want to be hunting for deals. I've made most of my wealth in markets that were changing for the negative. And then when you buy in the negative, the market always comes back. You know, is it three years, five years, seven years? Don't know, but hold for the long term, the market will reward you. So yeah, Julie, I think you're doing great things. I, I love your energy. I love your research. I love what you've shared. It's, it's going to be fun to watch you get to 19 this year. Uh, so I look forward to staying in touch and, and, and hearing from you when you, A, have gone to Omaha, and B, right. bought your first property. So thank you for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thank you. I hope that I can be like Jason Pritchard and be on in a year and say, the goal was absolutely, actually, maybe I'll even blast it. You yeah,
0: know? there you go. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get you back on when you, when you get there. That'd be great <laughs>
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Michael.
0: Thank you.